Hi, you're listening to An Open Dialogue. I'm Violet Howe. And I'm Todra Kendall. And Hi. this week, we are talking about Marie Kondo's way of organi- organizing, I guess. Or- Is it her way of organizing? Her? Organizating. <laughs> organizing? <laughs> organizing. Uh, this, was, this was a big thing right at the beginning of the year because she had uh, her show was on Netflix. Netflix, yeah. And a lot of people, and I uh, had not really heard um, of her. I guess some people had talked about um, had talked about her before, but I didn't really pay that much attention. And then I realized that my daughter, I'd actually gotten the book for my daughter um, like two years ago. Um, and so I read it after I watched her. We watched a lot of it while we were waiting for Delia to be born. And, um, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I read the book. Um, so it's so, and, and I'm part of the Facebook group. You know, so. so why don't you summarize? We don't want to give away the okay. whole book, but why don't you summarize the we concepts of the book? We don't know, Marie Kondo. We can give away the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> What's she going to do? Um, no, I mean, basically her idea, Marie Kondo is, is Japanese. And I should, this is important because she actually comes at her method of organization and tidying. She wouldn't even call it organization. She would call it tidying um, from a very... Uh, traditional Japanese point of view, a lot of what she talks about are, uh, are things that would be traditionally understood by uh, somebody who is culturally Japanese. Part of her, her tidying theory is that you organize by category, not by space. So there is a, a um, list, a very specific list of uh, order. So you start with clothes and then books and then um, kimono and then um you know sentimental items and photos and you do i think sentiment- photos you do, are in there. so instead of doing rooms like instead of doing your bedroom or your right. kitchen or your living room you do a category and you do right. sentimental last because that is the hardest yes, for us exactly. to do that's the hardest for us to get rid of yes and she says if you start with sentimental you will never get past it because you will be so um you know you you will get hung up there is basically her point um and of course the for most people in the show and also in the book, um, it seems to be clothes are one of the big issues. And I think because Americans tend to have a lot of clothes. Uh, so, you know, you see these people just piling all their clothes onto the bed and then having to figure out which sparks joy and which doesn't. And I'm just going to say, because I just looked up the categories because it felt like mm-hmm. we were missing one. Um, we missed papers. Papers. So clothing, I, yes, I was looking at that. Clothing. Books, books, papers, papers. then kimono, which right. is miscellaneous items. Right. And, and, and that can be, you know, dishes, pots and pans, cabinets, linens, things like that. Under things in your, yes, makeup. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and then mementos is the items with right. sentimental value. Exactly. Um, yes. Yes. So. Well, I will say I, I have not, um, I haven't read the book. I had several friends who read the book when it, when it came out and there was mm-hmm. like this big wave of, of popularity and everybody seemed to be doing, um. Uh, KonMari, I think is mm-hmm. how she pronounces yes. it. And I adopted a couple of those just based on either blog posts that I read or something like all of my t-shirts. Um, she has you fold things in your drawer vertically so that you can see what's in the drawer. And that's yes. actually brilliant and works very well. So you're not digging under the folded clothes to find Absolutely. other folded clothes. Mm-hmm. So my tank tops, um, my um, t-shirts are folded in the KonMari method. I have um, my sock drawer, like my socks are separated um, I have shoe boxes sitting in the sock drawer, like to separate different types of socks and hosiery and athletic socks and dress socks, things like that. And I also have underneath my kitchen cabinet, I have shoe boxes, empty shoe boxes that are filled with 
different cleaning items and Mm -hmm. I separated them. So I did adopt a couple of her little things without reading the book. Um, But I've never read the book, I must say. Um, I've watched the show. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that I took away from the show is that I feel so much better about my house. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that's absolutely horrible. Like, I don't want to be one of those people that feels like uh, that I look at other people in order to feel better about myself. I don't want to be that type of person, but I always feel like our house is too cluttered or that I need to get rid of stuff or that I have too much stuff or that my cabinets are unorganized. And then I watched this show and I was like, wow, my cabinets are not as bad as I thought, you know, cause it, it's funny how like each of us has our own thing. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. And yes. like, I think my kitchen cabinets are very well organized. So when I look at the show and I see somebody whose kitchen was all messed up and I'm like, Oh, whew, I'm doing good in that area. <laughs> yes. My papers on the uh, other hand. Oh my God. I have the most horrible habit of stacking. I just stack papers and stack papers and stack papers. And, and I know what's in the stacks. Like if you ask me to find something, I can dig through the stack and find it. And then if something happens and it just gets too overwhelming on my desk or on my dining room table, I take the stacks and I put them in boxes. <laughs> and I then have boxes of papers that I need to go through. And obviously when I get around to going through them, there's things in there that should have been dealt with long before, or there's things that get lost or, or things that I never see again. Um, and so I think that clothing would definitely be an area that I need to use mm-hmm. the KonMari Con method, um, the Marie Kondo yeah. way. And I definitely think paper. I mean, all of it. I could benefit from all of it. Let's get real. But yeah. I think the two areas that I need the most and would have the biggest challenge with and would probably need to take a month solid to do is clothing and papers. Well, uh, yes. And, and there's a few things I'm going to um, say from having thought about this and discussed this is uh, having three daughters, you know, this is kind of a um, topic that we've been talking about a lot over the past couple of months. And two, actually, all three of my daughters are very, very neat and are very organized and always looking for better ways to do things and, you know, ways to increase their, um, how they're storing things to make it better. Uh, They are much better than I am. Um, My mother was a not a hoarder, but she, her house looked very neat. But if you opened her, her desk or her closet or, her, you know, it, it would not be that neat. And I right. inherited some of that. Um, however, um, when we moved down to Florida, we merged two households because my mother had just died. So we actually had to just box up stuff and bring with us and, and, uh, photographs has been one of the big issues there that we have boxes of photographs that we really need to go through. Um, I've tried I to can't get rid of photographs. Oh. Well, I, I think I, I'm like going that's to a be really hard to. one for me. Um, because I feel like once I get rid of them, they're gone and I'll never right. get that moment. And it's funny because I have, I have pictures of like people, you know, when you were in elementary school right. and, and you get school pictures and you hand yeah. them out and you write on the back, like, you know, you were my mm-hmm. best friend or whatever. I have pictures of people. I have no clue what their name is. I have not seen these people since I was in third grade. I will never see these people again, but I feel guilty throwing their pictures away. Or I may have pictures that we took on a vacation where I took seven shots of a bicycle sitting against a wall with a big geranium in front of it. And I just can't decide which one to keep and which one to get rid of. I'm horrible. I'm horrible with that. Pictures um, is one of my really bad Yeah. Ones. Well, you know, a couple things that I've been thinking, especially having read the book, if 
if I'm if it's sitting out in the garage, I'm not getting any joy out of it at all. And a and that's lot of her big things. Explain yes, that. Explain the whole sparking joy. joy. Sparking joy has been something. That's how you choose what you're keeping and what you're not keeping. Um, if something sparks joy, then it stays in your life. If it does not spark joy, it goes uh, because life is too short. And we don't have enough time to deal with things that don't spark joy or space. Yes. Um, so yeah, so that's been that's been something that we have kind of laughed about. Um, my my daughter said something about the baby uh, that that she needed to go through some of her clothes, and I said, "Well, she's out. Sit her in the middle of the nursery. Find out which sparks joy for her." Right. <laughs> she said, "Well, maybe we should make sure she can smile before we you know ask her to spark joy." Uh, but I think that's one of the one of the big misconceptions. Yes. Marie Kondo. I know there was recently this huge blow up on social uh, media yes. because book lovers you yes. know, united with lit pitchforks because they said, you know, somebody published something that, that Marie Kondo was saying that you needed to get rid of all your books or that you could only keep 30 books was the right. magic number I kept seeing. Yeah. And Marie Kondo doesn't tell you to throw away no. anything. No, she, she doesn't. doesn't say that you have to get rid of anything. No. She and, and her thing is that you go through and if it sparks joy for you, if you pick up that book and that book has particular meaning for you and it makes you happy and it gives you joy and you are getting something out of having that book on the shelf then she doesn't care whether or not you keep it. Yeah, no, you know? no. I know for me personally, there's a lot of books that I read them, I enjoyed them, and I put them on the shelf. I may never read that book again. Right. And if I took that book and gave it to someone else, then they might read it and then get joy out of it, and I would have less to dust on my shelf. Exactly. So I think that um, I think there's this, this misconception about her that she's making people get rid of things <laughs> or that she's telling people to throw out family heirlooms, and that's not at all the case. From no. everything I understand from what I have read and from what I saw on the show, she is simply telling you this is a way to categorize it and this is a, a way to look at going through things. But what you choose to throw out, like what sparks joy for you or what has meaning for you or what you think has value for you to keep is entirely up to you. Absolutely. She's not telling you what to no. throw out. No, I mean, and, and that's, you know, people getting all upset about that. And unfortunately, she doesn't that. come yes. in and clean your house for you. Because no. if she did, I'd be willing to let her throw out whatever she wanted. No, even the people who she, uh, because that's how she started out. She started out tidying as a very, if you read the book, as a very young child. And she has been studying methods of tidying and organization for years and years and years and years. And um, that has that has kind of become her life's mission and and finding what works and what doesn't work and what keeps people from kind of falling off the wagon. Uh, and and yeah, that's and the why book, she says joy. that she loves a mess. And I'm like, girl, you need to come yeah. to my house. Love a mess. <laughs> but even when she had clients, she didn't clean for them. She came and shared her methods. And right. then they would implement those methods and you know and so on and she could tell them this is where you're having problems like there were people who would um send their things home to their parents and so their parents inherited all the mess and she was like no 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 you get rid of it or you keep it there are no you know there's no uh, middle ground there yeah um, don't, don't delay yeah. the inevitable no. you, yeah so we've been one of the things though that she does say is that you are supposed to do everything at once like that you should take a week basically take a week off of work or off of your life and just do everything at once and now, in for the a show, lot of that, most of those people took a month right like we exactly. were looking at the time period yeah and, and there was one house that it took six weeks yeah and one house that took a month yes that's very daunting I it think, is it is think and i think taking a month yes to clean out exactly I, I understand this i think it's not realistic for a lot of people i mean i i could probably right now say for the next but 
I'm not going to. Um, and, and if you have a lot of other people in your your house who have lives and schedules saying, well, everything is being put on hold right now, you know, while I completely redo the house is probably not practical either. Um, I can see where like, I I can see a couple of ways where it would be beneficial. One, I could probably get away with not cooking that entire time (laughs) because I would just tell my husband we need to order out because we're doing Marie Kondo. But um, I think that, I think that, and especially I saw this in in the show on Netflix, as you are doing it, you kind of get you kind of get caught up in that and you kind mm-hmm. of get inspired by that. And I think that it's easier as you go down the line of her categories, you yes. start with clothing and, and, you know, you go down the line. I think it's, it becomes easier to get rid of things as you go. Yes, I think it does. And so, so I think that if you broke that momentum and like maybe I did clothes now and then three months from now, I sit down to do something else, you're basically starting all you over are. again. You are, yes. Plus but you've I- had stuff accumulate. Yes, exactly. But I think that like anything else, you have to adapt these things. And so I'm looking at, you know, I, I actually read the book while I was in the middle of writing my last book. So I was like, as soon as I'm done this book, I am Marie Kondoing this house, this is happening. Um, And and I think it will, I think I will be hitting my clothes first. But I know that my lifestyle is not conducive to, um, to throwing everything upside down. um, And and trying to to do it. So we're trying to implement things slowly. I did start with um, when we're folding laundry. I said to my husband, um, you know, this is we're, we're going to change this. However, we also realized that socks. Um, one of the kind of controversial things about Marie Kondo that there are people who who take offense to this or who feel threatened by this or or whatever reason don't like it, is that she gives inanimate objects. Um, almost a personality and a set of feelings and emotions. So she will tell you, for instance, that uh, you don't fold your socks. The way that we always did my husband's socks is you put them together and then you roll the top of it down over so they stay together, you know, so they're, yep. they're kind of a match set. And she says, you never do that because it it's painful for the sock and it, it makes the sock feel stressed and whatever so that when you go to put it on, the sock is not as happy. And From a Western culture, I think there's a lot of people are going to be like, <laughs> I, I do think that's a stumbling block for some people. Like it I know, is. like she greets the house, she yes, introduces yes. herself to the house. I know. Uh, yeah, there are people know, who she, religiously um, take offense to that. Yes, like like she talks about. I, I like her. I like her thoughts on gratitude. That you're yes. before you get rid of anything, you thank it. You know, yes. for what it's done for you and the service mm-hmm. it's done for you. But but then there's things like I know, um, like with her, she takes her pocketbook and empties yes. it out every night. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, I think with anything, you have to you have to take yes. what kernels of knowledge right. you can get from it and what you can learn from it. But you also have to see what works for you. Well, I'm so funny with anything that's kind of. Um, it's uh, in a movie. I heard somebody call it like woo woo. Uh, I'm funny with anything that's woo woo. Like I, I, there's some new age things that I'm fine with and I embrace and I have no issue with. And there's other new age things that I'm like, eh, yeah. I don't know. That's a little far out for yeah. me. Yeah. I don't know that I feel like my socks are in pain. Um, if if she's gonna tell me that they're gonna fit better in my drawer if I don't roll them up, then that practical application may be more for me. Right than that the socks are in pain. But, right. you know, I'm willing to listen yes. to what she has to say, yes. but I don't know that I'm going to buy into right. everything she has to say. And I think you have to look at, too, who's, you know, if I want to do that for my socks, then that's my choice. But as yes. I'm putting the way, if it 
my husband was actually very patient as I was, you know, trying to do these things. And he finally kind of looked at me and said, I'm not sure the sock thing is working. I was like, you know what? No, it isn't because it's driving me crazy too. And no. So, um, but I love that he was like, he was, I'm going to let you try this. I'm going to let you go with this. And and we did now, we did figure out that underwear worked okay with that, you know, folding, folding underwear that that was good. And I think that you're right that when you, um, she, she's a big, anti-stacker like you said you you um, fold things and you store them vertically so you can see everything and I think that makes a lot that of makes sense, sense. It does. Um, the other thing is that Japanese houses and and a lot of other houses are set up completely differently than American houses she is a huge proponent of making your closet your personal space that's where you put like your posters and anything that's sentimental to you you make it completely yours you put your dressers and your drawers in your closet well if I did that nothing would fit, you know, I would be. Yeah, my dresser wouldn't no. fit in my closet. Um, and we do hang a lot of things because we don't have space. All of my husband's t-shirts are hung. She would hate that. She would right. absolutely right. hate that. But that is what works for us. So again, I think you have to look at these things and say, what can I, what little nugget. What can I take away from this? And what yes. is something that would benefit exactly. me? Yes. yes. And I, as, as you and I were discussing, I think it's, it's a mindset that can kind of go across a lot of different things. I've been thinking about what sparks joy in my life overall and trying to look at um, my my career, my um, my personal relationships, um, you know, so, so watch it. If you don't spark joy, you are out of here. So just, <laughs> telling everybody, listen, I'm sorry, honey, you do not spark joy with me today. Hit the road. No, um, no but, but I, I think it's, I think it there is. Is, that is very valid. I think yes. that we um, live ever increasingly busy lives mm-hmm. and I think that um, for so many of us trying to find balance and trying to find time to do everything you know it just it it, it leaves us constantly stressed and feeling like we're lacking mm-hmm. and I think that that determining what sparks joy is what are the activities in your life that you really get joy from and that you really want in your life who are the people in mm-hmm. your life that you really get joy from and, and, and you want in your life you know what are the what are the ways that you're spending your time that sparks the most amount of joy. Now, obviously, I don't get joy from cleaning the toilets, <laughs> but you know, there's a little bit of joy sparked when I walk in there and it's clean. Right. So, I mean, there's some things that you're going to have to do, even if that if that action doesn't spark joy, but it's kind of necessary right. for the wheel to keep turning. Okay. Exactly. I, it doesn't spark joy to me to cook, but we have to eat. <laughs> so, I, but I think that you can look at you know, what are things that you can let go? What are activities that you can let go? What are yeah. commitments that you can let go? What are Unfortunately, Absolutely. some people, you know, yeah. there's some people that are just toxic or I've even heard them call vampires or they just suck mm-hmm. your energy and they take your life out of you. And I think, um, you know, that's not to say that all of us don't need someone to lean on at some point. But if there's somebody who's just consistently taking and taking and taking and taking, are there ways you can kind of, of distance yourself or limit your contact with that person to, to try to, you know, only leave the things in your life exactly. that are... Yeah. that are sparking joy. Yeah. And, and this was uh, something that was very interesting to me too, because there's a lot of things I have kept that um, I, I felt like I needed to keep them for whatever reason. And now I'm thinking to myself, am I keeping this out of a sense of obligation? Am I keeping this because I think I won't remember um, something? After my mother died, I kept a lot of her personal things. I had her glasses. I had her license. I had her cell phone. Because my mother died, even though she'd been ill, it was it was very sudden in another sense, because we thought she was going to recover, and then she did not. And so 
that was, I needed to get over, I needed those things to get over that hump. But, you know, after a while you say, why is th this is taking up space in my life? It's, it's actually more harmful than it is helpful. And then you're ready to give it up. So even though she says you only have to make this one tidying sweep once, I have a theory that you will continue to cull and refine. And there are things that may, that you may not be, and she even says in the book, there are things that you may not be ready to give up yet, but that, you know, at, at another time you may be able to. Well, because I think, you know, either healing or different stages in life or whatever, I think, um, like when my grandmother um, passed, I had gotten a lot of her stuff. And like there was a box of magazine clippings mm -hmm. she had gone through and, and things in magazines or catalogs that she liked, like little pictures of clocks or there mm -hmm. might be a saying, you know, it, it may be a catalog where there was a saying, you know, um, you know, live, laugh, love or whatever on, and she would p cut out the picture, you know, it was a, it was an entire box of these little clippings. And I love doing decoupage. And when I first got this box, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do decoupage with this stuff that was Mama Sue's. I'll make stuff with it. You know, this is going to be so much fun. And it'll be sentimental because it's hers. That box has been sitting well, it was in, it was in this, this, the guest closet in the other house. And then when we moved to this house over four years ago, it ended up in the garage and we were cleaning out the garage. And here's this box of magazine clippings and catalog clippings. Realistically, am I ever going to have this huge block of free time to sit and glue all those magazine clippings onto something? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And so then it was kind of like, I'm such a sentimental person that I was like, oh, but she took the time. Like everything in this box meant something to her. Everything in this box caught her eye and she took the time to very meticulously cut out, you know, perfectly around this stuff. And then I had like this moment of, I don't know, clarity where I was like, would she care if I got rid of this? Yeah. Would it bother her? if I threw out these magazine clippings. And, it, and so I literally was like, you know what, Mama Sue, wherever you are right now, I appreciate the time you took to, <laughs> to cut these out. And I don't think I'm ever going to get to them and I'm going to get rid of them. But I love you and I let them go. Yeah. And I, um, I think sometimes, you know, when, when she first passed away, I didn't want to get rid of anything of hers. I wanted everything that I could have of hers to keep her with me. And I had had... Um, Another relative um, who was very, very, very dear to my heart, my aunt Zula had passed away and, and I didn't, I didn't have anything from her to hold on to. And so it was so important to me with Mama Sue that I had, that I was able to hold on to everything. And I think that, you know, as, as you heal a little bit from that loss and you get a little bit of distance from that loss, what are the things like I, I have her jewelry mm -hmm. that I'm able to wear and it, and it gives me joy every time I wear it. And I think of her every time I wear it and, and, and that I feel like she's with me. The box, the box of magazine clippings that was sitting in the garage for years that I wasn't even seeing did not give me that same joy and that no. same connection with her. No. So I think as time goes by, you're able to kind of Absolutely. let go of more things. Absolutely. And, you know, there's been a flip side to all of this, too. Um, it, it's been interesting to me. Whenever we have a movement in this country, I think we, we very quickly see the, uh, the backlash of it. Um, and, and aside from the, the people who have taken umbrage 
spiritually and religiously to some of Marie Kondo's things. And, and, and to be fair, it's not as much in the show as it is in the book. In the book, she is much more specific about certain spiritual things um, and, and gets very, very, um, you know, uh, names them and, and talks about them and the, the use and, and the why and wherefores. Um, but there's also, there, there is a little bit of a backlash. I, it started me thinking about when uh, in the uh, early 90s, late 80s, there was a uh, uh, family who wrote a series of books. They had a column, because it was pre-internet, called the Tightwad Gazette. And they were from Massachusetts. And see, this, being a Southern girl, you may not have the, um, the same history with this, but the Tightwad Gazette was written by these people who had saved so much money that they could pay cash for everything in their life. They had bought this farmhouse, they had, they had um, bought their car, they had done all this stuff simply by being Tightwads. They never threw anything away. Never. I mean, they stockpiled everything. Every plastic bag was washed out. I, I mean, I think she said she hadn't bought new plastic, like little Ziploc bags. She had not bought a new box in like six years because they just kept washing the same ones over now, and over. you know, I'm going to tell you, guys, sometimes <laughs> here, you can wash here comes them out the southern. Them. Here comes the Southern. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can wash them out and reuse them, and sometimes that's just nasty, no, you're, and you need to throw it away. You're absolutely right. But no, and then she, I mean, you name it. These people had saved everything. They had ways to cut down on toilet tissue. They would take, buy two-ply toilet tissue and separate it, Oh, no, okay. No, yes, no. yes, yes, yes. No, okay. No, no, this no, is a no. Yankee. This is Yankee practicality. Now I'm somewhere no. in between because I was from South Jersey, so I wasn't Yankee. I wasn't. I wasn't Massachusetts where these people were doing this crazy ass stuff. Um, and but I was not quite South, so I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, we'll play with this a little bit. So to me, this Marie Kondo thing is the the antithesis of the tight wad because that these people who kept everything because they might need something. Um, the funny thing that I read about in, in the uh, aftermath of the show and everything is that thrift stores around the country yes. are having a huge explosion. There are people in line to donate. But for those of us who, who shop at thrift stores, and my family, we are huge thrift store people. Um, because it is, I mean, from a, from a purely sustainable point of view, it's a lot more sustainable to, to buy clothes that have been donated um, to, to a thrift store than it is to buy new ones. I can't remember the last Not time, to mention but. that sometimes they're really cool vintage pieces well, that they, you can't yes, buy anywhere else. Exactly. Yeah. And, and certainly um, they are, uh, they're a lot less expensive. You know, I can, I can get a couple of dresses, a pair of jeans, you know, a lot of different things um, for a lot less than I can buy new. Uh, and, and so it, do, it does make sense. Uh, but the miss this Marie Kondo phenomenon has been a wonderful thing for those of us who shop at thrift stores. Um, I think clothing is another thing that like, for me, I know you're supposed to, you know, let go of the smaller sizes. I have a whole bin of clothes that are smaller sizes. And I just feel like if I let go of that, that I'm somehow giving up on myself. I cannot bring myself to just throw those clothes out. They're clothes that I like. There's clothes that I want to fit in again. They're clothes that I really um, miss them. And I don't want to just throw them away because I'm not going to, you know, most stuff like you have to ask yourself, if I needed this again, could I just go get it? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But with those, like those are clothes that I wouldn't be able to necessarily get back. So right. I, I yeah. don't know. And, and it reminds me, my dad, um, my, my parents were, as I said, they weren't necessarily hoarders, but they, 
they they held on to a lot of things. Let's just say we this became very apparent after my after my mother died. We realized just how much they had hung on to, um, but they had a huge, huge, huge home. Um, and then my father got sick, and they downsized to an over fifty five community, a home in an over fifty five community. And so we were helping them. Um, and at this, my my grandfather, my father's father, had also passed away around that same time. So we were helping them go through different things. And my father sat there. We were having a yard sale. My father sat there, and he's looking at people buying things. And I said, "Daddy, what's wrong?" And he said, "I'm looking at all this stuff that I'm going to end up rebuying." And I said, Daddy, this is the point: is that you don't need to rebuy it. You're, you know, you're at a point in your life where you shouldn't have to worry about rebuying it. Now, dang, if he didn't sell a set of his books from childhood, and got mad at us that we had sold them, and went off and bought them, and I had to resell them later on, you know, after he had died. And but- I do think that's another consideration with this cleaning out: is that when you know, I, I when my grandmother passed. And, and, you know, my mom and my grandfather and, and other people had to go in yeah. and clean out. You know, having boxes of, of magazine clippings is not something somebody else wants to deal with. And so, like, the number of baskets that mm-hmm. my grandmother had, the number of, <clears throat> you know, magazines, the number of books, the number of knickknacks, the number of candlesticks. This woman had more ceramic cupids, <laughs> uh, little angels, you know, cherubs, right. not cupids, cherubs sitting around the house. I probably have 10 in my house right now. And I only got like a portion of them, you know? Right. And so it's, I think that's another thing to think about, especially as you get older, Yes, is do you want your children to have the burden of going through all of that stuff and figuring out what to do with it? Or would you rather them know that the things in the house were the things that meant the most to you? Exactly. And I think that's very important. And actually in the Facebook group, um, there was a post that kind of brought a tear to my eye of a woman saying that she and her husband were uh, Marie Kondoing their house because she had a terminal diagnosis and she did not want to leave. She wanted to make sure that she had things that were specifically left for her children and grandchildren. But she also did not want to leave anybody with the burden of having to get rid of things. And and, and in my husband's line of work, it is. In my husband's line of work, we definitely have seen that, that 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 is one of the, um, that's one of the, the complications of loss is, well, when do you get rid of things? And there are people who feel like they want to get rid of it right away. There's people who, but, but if you have, if you have called down ahead of time, you have saved your family an immense amount of, of uh, trouble. So I, I definitely agree with that. And I suggest that what you do leave when you get to a certain age, you write names down. I, I still have things that were from my grandmother that have name, my name written on it or my mother's name, um, that, so I know, oh, not only did Nana leave this for me, but she specifically wanted me to have it. It wasn't just which, I'm leaving Which it. makes it harder to get rid of. Right. And, and I would not. I have a, I have a huge that. box of Barbies. Oh. And, and, and these are Barbies that my grandmother bought, you know, because she wanted me to have them. And I'm thrilled that she wanted me to have them. And they're beautiful. There's not an entire set like I have one piece of Wizard of the Oz and I have one piece of Barbie through the decades and I have one like, you know, Bob Mackie Barbie and I have one horoscope Barbie and I have, so she just bought the ones that were beautiful to her. Mm-hmm. She bought the ones that she had a particular interest in or something like that. So it's not like this collection um, has any particularly monetary value. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? 
Um, and I don't have any place to display them. Like there's probably 60 or 65 of them. So, I mean, it would be, it would be quite the shelf unit to display these things. But I feel like because she specifically, you know, when they found them, they were in a top of a closet in the guest yeah. bedroom with post-it notes on them, like with my name. Aww. Because they were, were specifically bought for me, I, I, oh, I don't know how I would port with them. I, they'll probably end up, you know, being torn out of their boxes and played with by a grandchild at some point so that I don't have to part with them. But um, I don't know. I, I you know, I, in, in trying to kind of wrap this up or, or, or close this up, I think that as with any lifestyle plan or guru plan or organizational plan or, you know, you have to kind of take what works for you and, and, and see, is this something that could make an improvement in this, in my life? Is this something I could benefit from and, and not feel like you're trapped by it or not feel like somebody's trying to make you do something you're not comfortable doing. If you would like to get your house more tidied, if you would like less clutter in your house and you would like a systematic way for you to be able to kind of clean out and have less, then I think KonMari is is something you should look at. you know, if you don't really want to commit to reading the book and you want to just watch the series to get an idea, she doesn't, she doesn't go through the steps in the series. Like she, it's, the series is not like a how to like no, follow this. But she does the list series them. Is, she yeah, does she, list them and she gives kind of examples. So yeah. It, the series is kind of like each family yeah. um, kind of living through the steps. And so I think each episode kind of highlights a different type of things. Like I know one episode was a, a really a lot about clothing and, and, you know, baseball cards and things like that. Um, so I, I, I definitely, I would recommend that you look into it. If yes. clutter is an issue for you, if you would like to have less, if you would like to have some assistance or guidance in, in cleaning out or tidying. Don't call us. Don't call us. Don't call us. <laughs> no. Um, although, you know what? I'm really good at telling somebody else, no, you need to get rid of that. <laughs> no, that, that, in, in fact, I used to, my, my best friend used to come over when I would clean out my closet and she was brutally honest. I would be like, but I love this jacket. She's like, you've worn it like twice in three years. Get rid of it. You know? Yeah. Or I'd be like, I love these pants. She's like, those pants are not your friend. You need to get rid of those. <laughs> okay. You know, so, so sometimes it helps to have honesty. It, it does. What is the ultimate in, in closet cleaning for me? Sex in the City, the first movie, when Carrie is moving out and she does the fashion show with uh, Walk This Way playing in the background while they right. all tell her, yes, no, take it, dump it, whatever. I love that. I love that part where, you know. They're... So I tell you what, if you need to clean out your closet and you want Tadra and I to come over okay. and you have a fashion show. Definitely. And, you know, we'll have wine and cheese oh, yes. and we'll have music playing and mm-hmm. you can show us outfits and we'll tell you yes or no. Yes. Other than that, don't call us for your organizing uh, but you can look at Marie Kondo's um, Marie Kondo's book, and or her series on Netflix. And we'd love to hear what you think. Have you tried Con Marie? Like what what aspects of it have stuck? You know, what do you feel like really changed the way you did something, and you've really gotten great benefit from it? What was just something that you found too off the wall to even try? We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Definitely. Or if you have tricks that you think are absolutely awesome for organizing. Um, let us know that too. We'd love to hear that. Yes, definitely do. We we will have before the end of the day a uh, a an open dialogue Facebook page, so you can come share with us there. Yes, we would love for you to. Or you can share on our uh, Facebook pages, Violet Hell and Todra Candle, our individual ones. You can email us. You can and open dialogue one at gmail dot com. You can. 
you can send it by messenger pigeon. <laughs> Whatever you yes, we may not get it. Pony Express. <laughs> Definitely yeah, we would yeah, love to hear from you. Do. And thank you for listening. Thank we you. appreciate you and you spark joy in our you lives. You do. So much joy. You do. Yes. We don't want to get rid of any of you. No, You're all great. No, that's wonderful. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye. Bye.